As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Want to talk about a new movie? Check. Want to talk about an older movie similar or related to that new movie? Check. That's what you can expect from Quality Check Podcast. It's a new podcast on the Studio DNA Network hosted by yours truly, Drew Douglas and Daniel Posey. Every other Tuesday, we'll talk about a new movie and an old movie to see how the film's quality holds up. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that is the same size as 40 million mooncakes placed side to side, it's Sifpa. Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly, streaming live most weekends or available to download later in your podcast feed, unless of course you're a patron. Patrons get perks! Patrons get those perks! No barriers! I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and last night he dreamt he went to Home Depot again. It's Andrew Ormsby, ladies and gentlemen. And each week we'll, (laughs) we'll chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. Uh, did you dream that you went to Home Depot again? Uh, most of my, uh, most of my dreams end up with me in a hardware store at some point or another. <laughs> nice. It's probably better than Mandalay. Uh, if I'm being honest, it's probably a better dream. Uh, welcome to yeah. those, uh, who are watching live, listening live. We appreciate you. Dan says, Hey, a long time podcast listeners. First time YouTube live stream watcher person, um, which is the official term by the way for yeah, YouTube watcher person for people who are, uh, are watching the show live. Uh, welcome, Dan. It is great to have you here. I see Tom and Evan uh, and Andrew uh, in the chat as well, uh, as well as many others who haven't chatted yet. But feel free to uh, let us know what's going on in your life. Uh, it is quite the weekend. You got Halloween leading right into um, some sort of voting thing that's going on this week, some sort of uh, elect electoral educational establishment uh from what i can understand oh, yeah, if I'm, yeah. If I'm trying to figure it out 
I'm not gonna lie. I uh, I forgot that it was a uh, voting coming soon because I voted early. Oh yeah. So it was, it's it's one of those things where it's just like doesn't bother me anymore. I don't have to <laughs> worry right. about it. So I'm like, oh yeah, that's tomorrow. You know, you're not Wait alone. Millions and millions uh, of people have already voted, and uh, it is one of the beautiful things about living in this country uh, is the ability to participate in the democratic process. Uh, so, yeah, excited to do that this week. Hope you are as well. And that's about all the politics talk you're getting on Sif Pop. Uh, because that's that is, it. That is not why we are here. We are here to chat about some movies that have come out recently. Uh, as well as do our buried treasure and a best ever challenge uh, again this week. Um, so we're going to have a good time hanging out, doing all that fun stuff. Glad you're with us on a, a what a, is Monday evening. When You know, what happened? Well, we couldn't do it on Sunday afternoon, so we decided we'll do it on Monday evening, and we're, we're glad you're able to be here with us. So uh, let's kick it off, and let's head in to Over the Moon. Poor lady, that goddess. So lonely up there on the moon, dreaming of her one true love. Holy Archer! Jin! It's just a silly myth. It's not a silly myth. It's real. She's on the moon right now, waiting for her true love. Right, Papa? Uh. He used to believe in her. <laughs> if Papa could only believe again. An adventurous girl builds a rocket ship to meet a mythical goddess on the moon. It is an animated film from Netflix uh, getting into the game. Um, I guess they've kind of been in the animated film game. They've done a few before. But uh, definitely continuing to be the most productive film studio of 2020 by a long shot. Uh, it's been yeah. amazing to see, you know, movie after me. In, in fact, both the movies this week that we're talking about um, released on Netflix here in the last couple of weeks. So it's been interesting to kind of see them continue to release these movies and, you know, we'll continue to talk about them. But uh, what did you think, Andrew, about Over the Moon? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? I'm going to go with low side of liked it. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. Still, liked, still liked it, but... Uh... Yeah. I may have liked it a little bit more than that. I don't think I would say low side. I think I'd just say I liked it. I liked this movie. Yeah. Um, I I found myself really enjoying these characters, this story, the visuals, like everything I want an animated movie to do, I feel like this movie accomplished pretty well. And I came out the other side going, yeah, I like that movie. That was pretty good. So um, mm-hmm. I'm glad you liked it as well. What were some of the things that, that kind of stood out to you uh, in the film? Uh, the one thing as I was watching it is I was going like over everything that was happening. And to me, it was like, I think Disney is trying to make a Disney film. And by that, I mean, they're doing all the paint by numbers things that you see every either Disney or Pixar movie doing, right. you know, to, to make for their animated movies. And I guess the best analogy I could make for it is... If if Disney and Pixar are like Harvard, then this movie is like Cornell. <laughs> yeah, it's still an Ivy League school. Oh, but man. is it really an Ivy League school? It's mm-hmm. not Princeton or Yale, Yale. Yeah. or Harvard. It's It's still an Ivy League school. So yeah, it's trying to be an Ivy League school, but eh. 
So, because, like, it's it's hitting all those notes, I, I'm not going to go over them, obviously, but if you know the paint-by-numbers for Disney-slash-Pixar movies, you can guess what happens in this movie. But at the same time, the emotional impacts that I feel from watching those movies, mm-hmm. I did not feel in this one. I, I, I could see that they were trying to make me feel those things but i just didn't that's kind of that's kind of the worst too when you feel like a movie is like trying to pull something out of you and it's just not coming you know like it's yeah then it starts to feel a little desperate now granted i didn't feel the same way as you but there but i know that feeling of like oh i can tell you're trying to tug on my heartstrings but you're completely missing like you're over on my like rib bone and you know you're nowhere near my heart right now like i i know that feeling that hurts physically not emotionally (laughs) that's right uh, I think it worked a little, little more for me. The emotion did. Um, I, I was really the the reason I would say the emotion might fall a little bit short for me, and maybe for some, is because the movie plays so much in the fantastical that it's a little bit difficult for it to feel authentically human at times. Now. It's, it's not that it isn't authentically human. It's not that it doesn't have those human moments. It's just because it's so willing to play in the, the realm of fantasy, then it's hard for me to gear shift down sometimes and go like, oh, I believe this. I'm, I'm in this. I, you know, I feel this. Um, having said that, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was good enough that I, I did feel those moments. I did feel those emotions and was kind of able to, cross that that little bit of a, a barrier, so to speak, um, that the movie kind of put up in that way. So um so yeah, I, I I felt the emotion the emotion pretty well. I, I think the movie makes a shift um probably about twenty five minutes in where it really embraces the fantasy and it's almost like there are two movies, one starts and ends the movie and then there's a different movie in the middle. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's jarring. It is a little bit jarring. Because yeah. That's in my main negative. You're talking about the fantastical elements. There's also a scientific element to it that is yeah. discarded immediately. Yeah. And I'm like, oh man, but I was actually trying kind of getting into that, you know? And uh now now I it's gone now? Okay. I, I guess I'll <laughs> I'll stick with this over here. Uh yeah, it it really is discarded. They don't really come back to it uh much at all. It it did feel like the character was going to be a little more like finding that balance of fantasy and science yeah. and like figuring out, you know, how those two realms work together. And I'm not sure if the movie is ever kind of steering into my negatives here, but I'm not sure if the movie is ever crystal clear on what is real and what isn't. Now you don't have to be like a movie doesn't have to like state that clearly, but it can be helpful, especially in a movie like this, that is kind of fighting its own tone. It can be helpful for the movie to indicate, um, although it uh, it certainly is a little bit tropey, but to indicate like it was all a dream or, you know, this was just imagination or, you know, something like that. And I don't think the movie ever really uh, even like teases or leans unless I missed it. Did I, did I miss something that, that leaned towards what was real and what wasn't? No, I don't think I, think I did. It's left, I think it's left up to the viewers to decide for themselves. Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna throw out pros. Do it, please. Philippus Philippusu has the most amazing voice of voices. Yeah, yeah. Her her uh, portrayal as Shanga is great. By the way, Shanga and Ho Yi, 
great gods to play if you're ever playing the video game Smite. Mm-hmm. Very good game. Very good gods to play as. Oh, nice. Philip um, Sue, by the way, people will know from Hamilton. Um, yeah. Just just in case you were wondering where you've heard that name before. That's the first time I've ever seen her, I think. Uh, and whenever we did our Hamilton review, because it came to Disney Plus, uh, that was like my big pro. I'm like, uh, she is beyond incredible. Yeah, she's really uh, good. She was the standout for me from that whole musical. And her voice in here is standout too. Not only her voice, I like the songs in this. I, I did too. Yeah. Catchy songs. There's some good music going on in this movie. And it's pop music too. It's not like yeah. your typical like Disney princess fair. Like it it's legit like I'm trying to think of an, an artist, but I I'm thinking like Katy Perry or, you know, Gaga or, you know, it's it feels like modern pop music. I was really yeah, impressed. Yeah, I got some Gaga vibes from this. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, any of the if other you call it If you want to call it C-pop, uh, China pop, I guess that's what it is. I can't, possibly. There's, there's K-pop and J-pop. I don't know what's, yeah. I don't I don't know. Um, yeah. Ken Yong, Sandra Oh, uh, in here as well, yeah. doing some voices. Uh, John Cho. Uh, shows up uh, at one point too. So yeah, there's some voices you'll know, some people you'll know. But even more than that, the characters that they're playing seem really engaging to me. And I think a lot of that has to do with their vocal performances, um, I think are really good here. So yeah, I think it works. Yeah. I think that there's some uh, some loose threads in this and some uh, really reaching to make the story progress. And I think that that is where this one definitely falls short for me because like you said, or like I said earlier, uh, the entire time I'm trying to compare this, you know, a Disney or a Pixar. And whenever those things would happen, like Pixar would have flushed that out. Pixar <laughs> would have made that pretty smooth. They, you know, yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. There's, there's some, uh, story cuts, right? Like, uh, some yeah. shortcuts in the story to kind of get from, from point A to point C and kind of forget about point B, uh, a little bit. So yeah, I, I yeah. hear you there. I definitely hear you there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's legit. Yeah. Uh, other than that, uh, did we really talk about the visuals? It's a very b- vibrantly colored uh, movie. This was uh, uh, this at is, times. It, this was yeah, the one ahead. I was uh, I was glad to watch on my uh, you know my big television with the the gorgeous colors mm-hmm. and yeah. When you get to that fantasy stuff, the music is fun and the visuals are really fun and it. It never quite gets to the place where I would say it was style over substance, but the style certainly does take front and center, right? Like the style yeah. becomes what you're going to notice. Uh, the substance is still there lingering in the background, still doing its job. The story is progressing. Um, whereas, you know, in something like I'm, I'm going to say Trolls World Tour, right? That is style over substance. Like it kind of feels yeah. like that, that beautiful color energy from a you know a movie like that but with actually some story continuing to go underneath that you care about so yeah, so yeah. uh as much as i did like the music in this it did feel like uh if you, if the movie didn't know how to progress from a certain point they're like well we could just insert another song and then we can just skip to the next part you know and just say that it took place in the song mm-hmm. which it's can be cheating you know yeah or lazy. I I say lazy, not knowing how difficult it is to write an actual song, but... Yeah, I, I don't think writing a song is lazy. Uh, 
<laughs> it is a difficult thing to do, but but, but from a storytelling from a standpoint. storytelling standpoint, you get to just you know it's almost a, it's almost a type of exposition, a type of narration, even mm-hmm. um, as opposed to actually you know experiencing the story. Because of that, um, and I think we've kind of already touched on that uh, on this part of it, but it does feel like as I headed to the end, there's a good side to this and a bad side to this. But as I head to, headed towards the resolution of this movie. I felt like, wait, are we done already? Like there was the, like, and I don't know if you had the same experience, but I was like, man, we kind of shot through that. Some of that is kind of, you know, skipping through the story a little bit. And another part of that is just, I was engaged. I'd never felt bored. And so, you know, so there's kind of a positive and a negative to that, but it's, it's definitely something that I can see somebody feeling either kind of way uh, about. Yeah, I'll agree with that. There were never any lulls for me where I'm like, okay, uh, when's this thing going to wrap up? Um, yeah, it's one of those before I knew it, it was it was over and I was engaged. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it, uh, it did its job. It kept me entertained through and through. So question, uh, movie, yeah. movie just for families or uh, if you don't have kids, if you're, you know, is this is this something anybody can enjoy or is it? pretty much a family movie what do you think uh with the message it's trying to tell i could see people who have gone through uh some of the things that the movie's dealing with you know it's it's doing the pixar thing like up oh, here's here's the thing we're going to talk about today um if if you've d- dealt with that i think that this movie could you know be like a good you know i want to say counsel like hey yeah yeah it can console you a little bit but uh, it could also work as a family movie. So I would say mostly a family movie, but there are instances where I think this movie could really, you know, impact you emotionally. Yeah, I, I think it I think it's uh, I think anybody can like this movie. Um, I would recommend it to anyone. Having said that, if you are the kind of family that likes to sit down and watch a movie together, this is a great one to throw on. Um, fire mm-hmm. up Netflix and, and pop it on the TV and have a good time as a family. Because um, I, I do think this is... This is worth a watch. Like I said, I liked it. It's enjoyable. It's not, yeah. you know, it's not next level. It's not Pixar. It's not, um, you know, How to Train Your Dragon, which is another one of my favorites in the genre. Uh, but it is, it is good. It's good. It's a good movie. So check it out. Yeah. Um, all right. I think we can move on to the next one, Andrew. Let's talk a little oh, bit do about Rebecca. Welcome to Mandalay. Never seen a house like this. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you'd been a lady's maid. This is all very new to me. Oh, I'm sure you won't disappoint him, madam, if that's your concern. We did a lot of entertaining when the late Mrs. De Winter was alive. You can talk to me about her. I have no secrets from you. All marriages have their secrets. A young newlywed arrives at her husband's imposing family estate on a windswept English coast and finds herself battling the shadow of his first wife, Rebecca, whose legacy lives on in the house long after her death. Sorry, I'm not sure what happened to my voice there. Uh, I got very... Uh, no, you got into it, man. Got got very soap opery there for a second. Um, so let's talk about Rebecca. This is obviously a remake or... Actually, technically, let me be clear, not a remake of the 1940 Alfred Hitchcock film. It is a new telling of the original book, uh, which the creators wanted to be very clear about. 
Um, so this is uh, starring Army Hammer and uh, Lily James. Lily James. And Kristen Scott Thomas. Let me ask you this, uh, Andrew. Have you seen the original, Rebecca, 1940 version? Didn't know there was an original okay. or a book. Uh, it was, it was uh, Hitchcock's first uh, American film. It was his first film not made in the really? UK. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, 1940, he made it. Okay. Well, now I'm really curious to hear your thoughts. What did you think? Uh, did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or was it just okay? I didn't like it. Uh, high side of didn't like it, so close to okay. But I think I'm going to land in did not like it. We're on the same page today, my friend, uh, yeah. except for I'm my opinions are just a little bit stronger than yours. I'm firmly in the didn't liked it uh, category. Okay. Uh, I was bored out of my mind during a lot of this movie, um, and that's yeah. that's a that's a rough go. I have some good things to say about it, but yeah, I do too. But but watching it was not a great experience for me. Um, now I do uh, know very well the original Hitchcock film as a Hitchcock fan. I love his stuff. Um, and I wonder how much that impacted my ability to enjoy this movie, to love this movie. Um, so I just as a, I guess as a caveat to say that there is that possibility that because I love uh, the Hitchcock version that this was never going to live up to it. But um, but yeah, I think overall, I just think the 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 pacing is purposeful, but there's not enough outside of the pacing to hold my attention in a way. Uh, that I found engaging. If you're going to be this intentionally slow-paced and this intentionally um, simmering, it's a very simmering movie. It feels like it just kind of wants to, you know, sit on the st- on the stove on a light boil. Um, and it's just, it, it, if you're going to do that, you have to give me other things that are going to pull me along. And I just didn't feel like I I had those. Um, and so that was kind of my overall kind of take on the movie. What was your overall take? Uh, Andrew? My overall tech is I don't think this movie knew what it wanted to be. If you wanted to be a Cinderella story, which is ironic. Um, if you wanted to be a murder mystery, mm-hmm. if it wanted to be like a slow romance, uh, like as I was watching, I'm like, okay, what am I supposed to be feeling right now? Like I, I know Lily James character is confused for the entire movie. Mm-hmm. And I felt confused for the entire movie. <laughs> it's not a fun feeling, no. No, yeah, it's not a fun feeling because I don't know what part of my mind to engage. Like, if it is the murder mystery, then yeah, let me stay in the murder mystery and try and and try and try solve it. You know, let me be a detective right. in this. If it's going to be, you know, uh, a Cinderella story about a rags to riches, you know, love story, then... Yeah, let me get in that mindset. Let me get my uh, my Cinderella on. But uh, yeah, the movie just does so much without doing enough of anything. You know, it's like, I don't want to say a jack of all trades because a jack is still a pretty decent car. Let's go with a, a six of all trades, you know? <laughs> I'm not sure that phrase is talking about playing cards, but we'll, we'll go with the metaphor. We'll go with it. No, I'm, I'm, mixing, I'm mixing metaphors sure, with different, sure. yeah. No, I hear exactly what you're saying. But the fact is, you, you understood what I'm trying That's to say. That's exactly that, right. Yeah. That's what communication yeah. is all about, buddy. As long as as yeah. long as long you understand, we're good. Uh, and that's what this movie doesn't do. It doesn't do communication. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Um, I, I I wouldn't say I was lost. This is this is very much a movie no. that that is... Um, it's clear on its intentions. Like, it, it's not... 
it's it's not confusing in a way of like I I can't figure it out. Um, it was too complicated. It's confusing in a way of like yeah, but why? Yeah, but what? Yeah, but who? Like it's it's not it's not confusing in a way of you know tenant. <laughs> it's you know no. I'm not I'm not trying to you know figure out the ins and outs of the plot. I'm just trying to figure out what the movie is trying to do and why it's not accomplishing what it's trying to do very well um so yeah so i i'm i'm right there with you uh i i thought the performances were very bland other than kristen scott thomas who is great yeah that was gonna be one of my big pros is yeah kristen scott thomas is doing kristen scott thomas i'm not saying that she is a character actress but uh she has definitely perfected that uh the uh the one putting on airs and looking down on others you know uh it was yeah, one of, she has that. It was one of the only interesting parts of the movie for me was yeah. the, the menace that that character, the quiet menace of that character and, you know, how that character is. See, the, the movie is attempting to be kind of a ghost movie in a way. Like Rebecca is is the ghost over the entire movie. And then in the Hitchcock an version annoying is the same. Ghost. <laughs> and an annoying ghost at that. Um, Honestly, uh, I I was like, if one person tells me how great Rebecca is again, I'm going to lose it. It got so annoying. Every single person be like, oh, Rebecca this. Oh, Rebecca that. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I'm not supposed to care about Rebecca. I'm supposed to care about Lily James's character. I mean, she is you the know? title character. So maybe we're supposed to care yeah, about her still. a little bit. But, uh, but what I was going to say is Kristen Scott Thomas does such a great job at being kind of the medium to pull that ghost you know, into the world. Like you really get the sense that she is conjuring, you know, something with the memory of this character and she does it so very well and really was again, the only really interesting performance in the movie for me. Um, yeah. Did you have any other pros? I have one other pro, uh, that I can get to, but I I didn't want to cut you off if you had some more. It's a beautiful movie. That was my, that was my other pro. Yeah. It's beautiful. Like all the scenery and the sets that they go to. I'm like, wow, I need to travel more. You know, that's that's what I got. Or, man, I want to live at Mandalay, you know? Yeah. It, but other than that, like, here's the thing. Ben Wheatley, who directed this, I can't think of a movie of his that I really liked, but every single one of his movies, I'm like, yeah, that's a pretty movie, but I don't think it's good. So uh, it's kind of like, as af- after the movie ended, I looked up who directed it. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that's happened with him before. Yeah, it is. it is really pretty. Um... I think I leaned over to my my wife my wife who was watching it with me and at one point said something along the lines of this is possibly the most uh beautiful things I've ever had to look out while being so extremely bored. Um so yeah. you know it's just like it, the the landscape the like this is not I I mean if you're going to throw this into any awards conversation it's Christian Scott Thomas and it's cinematography and that's yeah, that's, that's really it. all it has going for it, um, in my opinion. And it's not like Lily James or Army. Well, Ar- I don't know if Army Hammer's bad. He's just one note through the entire movie. Um, I don't know if it's the performances are bad or that they're just not given anything. Right now, in the case of Kristen Scott Thomas, I'm thinking, yeah, she really wasn't given much, but she took it and she she made it, you know, her own. And it makes me think, well, why couldn't the other performers do that but uh 
Maybe it's just the skill she has. I have no idea. But yeah, I didn't care about any other person really in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, me either. It's a shame. Uh, I had high hopes for this one. I did as well, especially as a Hitchcock fan. Um, because, oh, I can't even imagine then, yeah. Because there are, you know, we, I think rightfully are uh, a little annoyed by how many remakes, redos, sequels, prequels, you know, uh, IP. You know, we're annoyed by how much IP is milked in our kind of modern storytelling content-driven world, right? Entertainment world. Mm-hmm. But there are cases where it's like, yeah, but that movie's 80 years old and telling that story in a modern way could be interesting, could be fun. Um, and so there are times where I get it, you know, I get really excited for a retelling and this was one of those occasions and it just did not, did not live up to it. And so it was, it was very disappointing. And I think, uh, if you know anything about how movies are going to impact you psychologically, impact me psychologically, impact any human psychologically, it has a lot to do with expectations and whether or not they're fulfilled or not. And my expectations were completely unfulfilled on this. And so I come away from it uh, not enjoying it much at all. Yeah. It's a shame. It is a shame. It is a shame. I cannot recommend. Uh, I would recommend searching out the original 1940 uh, movie of the same name, uh, Rebecca, and checking out how Hitchcock tells a ghost story uh, like this one. So, yeah, check that one out instead. Yeah, that one I'll, I would definitely be interested in watching. Uh, before we head on to our best ever challenge, a huge shout out and thank you to our Sift Pop members. We love you. We appreciate you. You keep this show going. If you listen to the show or watch the show, either way, know that your support, your membership directly impacts our ability to do the show, whether it be the software that we broadcast on whether it be the cameras that we use, uh, the lighting, all of those things uh, have been provided for by our amazing ZipPop members. So thank you so much for that. We do appreciate you. Now, if you're curious what that looks like, we do it at Patreon. Um, you just go to patreon.com slash SiftPop and you can check out the different levels of membership there, kind of what comes with it, all that kind of fun stuff. Thank you so much for being a SiftPop member. And again, to check it out, go to patreon.com slash Sift pop. And thanks. All right. Uh, let's move on to the best ever challenge. We are going to do this week best ever over under movies. No, this is not a gambling thing. We're not uh, we're not setting the over under. Uh, these are movies that either have the word over or under in them. And yes, we are allowing the tricky ones. Uh, so if oh, yeah. if the word under is hidden in there or over is hidden in there, uh, then those count as well. So please, please, if you are watching live, let us know some of your favorites in the chat and we will uh, mention those once we're done counting down our top five. We'll go from number five to number one and Andrew kicks us off. What is your number five best ever movie with an over or under in the title? I'm going with a, a classic, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Nice. Yeah, I had that in my honorable one. mentions. It's a good choice. Yeah, it's a it's it's like one of the early Disney live action fantasticals, you know, like the the Swiss Family Robinson and movies like that. That just remind me of a time when Disney kind of you know that was their staple doing the live action on top of the uh, live action originals. I should mm-hmm. say, yeah, they're not remakes of their animated movies. Um, 
No, this one, this is a really fun one. And, uh, it, as much as the ocean terrifies me as it should, and it should terrify you too. Yeah. Um, uh, it's a beautiful movie and it's just, a, a, a an array of, uh, fascinating characters. Uh, yeah, it's a fun watch. It really is. Uh, I enjoy this movie. It is uh, well known for the squid attack in this movie was oh, way yeah. ahead of its time. And uh, I remember watching it as a kid and just being like, whoa, that's amazing. And, and what's even more amazing is the movie had been out a long time before I was a kid. Like, you know, it was, it was yeah. one of those things where, um, you know, it just impressed me uh, quite a bit. So, yeah, I, I think I dig this choice. I think this is a good choice. And it's a movie that knew that giant squids were real way before That's right. even scientists had confirmed it. That's right. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna uh, s- your number five? My number five will be one of four movies in my top five where the over-under is hidden. I only had one that actually had the word over or under in it. Uh, my number five is Tropic Thunder. Um, so I... This is this. I would have thought of it. It would have made it. This snuck onto my list. Um, it is, man. This this movie, man. Like I don't even know how to explain it. I. It's it's one of those movies that is so um, over the top. You know, you think of Cruz's performance. You think of Downey's performance. Um, this is a movie that befuddles people to uh, you know to understand the satire of it. Uh, it's a movie I see you know criticized uh, because of some of the things in it. And at at the end of the day, it's also a movie that is just really, really funny. And uh, so, yeah, I'd throw it out there as one that's that's worth conversation in this uh, in this topic. So, yeah, I guess you could say that it's a movie that brings to life certain topics in the most uncomfortable, controversial way. Like, right. Yeah, there's different ways. There's different ways to talk about, you know, uh, horror or, you know, you know, awful actions or something that you see people take. But this movie does it in, like, the most uncomfortable way possible, which kind of makes it more uh, engaging because you're like, okay, there's no way this would ever happen. That's good satire, right? That's, I mean, that is, the most powerful satire really makes you uncomfortable. It makes you think. And uh, and I think there's a lot of that going on here amongst the 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 crazy humor as well. So that that is my number five. It is one of the funniest movies ever, too. Yeah. Uh, What's your number four? I'm going to go with Rescuers Down Under. Ooh, nice choice. Also in my honorable mentions. Yeah. I love the Rescuer movies. They were like my jam growing up. And I actually think I like the Rescuers Down Under more than I liked the first one. Oh, 100%. Uh, I agree totally. Oh, you think so too? I agree totally. I think Rescuers Down Under is the better movie. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's because, you know, you already know about these characters or, or I think that, you know, the Australian Outback, you know, that whole scene and... uh. Uh, the villain and everything is just much more well thought out and just incredible. Like the great golden Eagle is such a great like story arc to go off of, Mm -hmm. you know, about conservation and stuff like that. It's just a good movie. It's a fun movie too. Yep. I love all these characters. I totally agree. Uh, If you haven't watched the rescuers movies, uh, they may seem on the outside to be really cheesy, to be something you wouldn't be interested (laughs) in. Um, You're welcome. Uh, Sorry. Actually, if I had realized uh, I had done a pun, I would have been upset. I've been like rats. Uh, Anyways, uh, this is, uh, this is going to be a lot of fun for you because uh, these are, these are good watch. Disney makes good movies and these two are, are are two of them. So I could see rescuers being one of the, uh, 
the franchises that if Disney brought back, I would be on board for. I'm like, oh, yeah, I want more Rescuer movies. Those sure. Great. Sure. Yeah. Uh, your number four? My number four, hidden once again in the title, uh, my number four is The Founder. Um, which I haven't talked a lot about recently. It just came out, I don't know, a couple of years ago. And is that the uh, the Michael Keaton yes. McDonald's one? Yes. Okay, yeah. It's a good movie. It, it's it a, a really good movie. good movie. I'm kind of surprised. I feel like it's under the radar now. I feel like it's kind of underrated. It just kind of got forgotten as soon as it came out. Um, the story is fascinating. The story of uh, the guy that invented, uh, not invented, I shouldn't say invented, I should say that's the whole point of the that movie. That is the whole point of the movie is that he did not the guy invent who stole McDonald's. The guy who stole McDonald's uh, and made millions and millions of dollars uh, off of billions and billions served. I think the sign says. So yeah. uh, the story itself is interesting, and then the performance is great, and then the way the movie progresses and tells the story is really done well. So I this is this is one of those uh, I think under the radar um, gems. So definitely something I, w- I would oh, check yeah. out if you haven't seen it. Yeah, yeah, I would highly, if you haven't seen The Founder, it is one that I would go, oh, yeah, it doesn't matter who, I'm like, oh, yeah, you should watch that movie. It's one I'll recommend for everybody. Yep. It's good. Yep. What do you got at number three? I'm going to go with an animated film, uh, Batman Under the Red Hood. You know me, I love my Disney animated, or my DC animated movies, Uh, and especially the Batman ones. This is one of the best ones. Uh, I put it in the top five. It is... Uh, just a great tragic story of the Bat family. You know the Robins and the Nightwings, all mm-hmm. all of them. It's a it's a tragic story that takes place within it. Uh, that is canon. It actually is canon in the uh, DC universe. Uh, it is uh, a very well acted voice acting wise. I think it's a good one. And if you don't know the story of, uh, I guess I'll just say Jason Todd, who's one of the Robins. It's one to it's it's one to watch. It's a it's a great watch. I have seen this. Um uh, surprisingly, oh, surprisingly enough. Yes. Um so I you know, uh my uh my nine to five job had me writing uh, little nitpicks of uh the movie, something you might call sins, uh in fact, of uh of this I didn't one. I know you so, wrote sins for this one. Yeah, I wrote on the script. So anyhow, I have seen this and I am not as connected to the material as you, but I definitely see what you're saying. Uh, it is, you know, they're, they're doing something interesting with these movies. So uh, I'm glad yeah. you brought it up for sure. All right. So you're number three. My number three is the only one where I use the words properly. It is one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Uh, you know what I got to do? I you? know what you got to do. Yeah. You trumped it. Trump! You trumped it. Uh, all right. What is uh, your number two then? I'm gonna go with Dodgeball, a true underdog story. <laughs> nice. I didn't even think of that one. That's a good choice. That would have been in my honorable mentions for sure if I'd have thought yeah. of it. Dodgeball is one of the funniest movies of all time. We're just going Ben it, Stiller, man. Ben Stiller all the way. Exactly. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I, I. I think this is like if I were to list like the top twenty funniest movies ever made, I think Dodgeball would probably make it in that list. It's quotable, it's unique, it's funny, it has a plethora of just crazy, zany characters that you can... There's there's always, there's going to be at least one character, or more than one, probably. But there'll be at least one character you're like, that's one of my favorite characters. Mm-hmm. I love that character, you know? Uh, <laughs> ben, ben Stiller going full Ben Stiller, you know, is always fun to see. Uh yeah, I I absolutely love dodgeball. It's very quotable too. You know, lots oh, yeah. of lots you of great... ro- 
dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge. You can dodge a wrench. You can dodge a ball. You can dodge a wrench. You can dodge a ball. It's true. Yeah. It's truth. It's yep. just true. Yeah. Uh, so you're number two. My number two is rounders. Um, this is... Yeah, honorable mention. Yeah. Uh, this is a, as a poker lover, uh, one of my favorite movies because it gets so much right about poker while at the same time focusing on making a crazy fun story. And so... Crazy is being the opportune. Yes, yes. Malkovich is so great and over the top. Damon's great. Yeah. Norton's great. Everybody's great. Um, so I, I just, I have a fun time with this movie. So it comes yeah. in at number two for me. I'm glad I don't have an Edward Norton character in my life. You know, somebody who is constantly, you know, getting me into trouble. But he definitely makes for a fascinating film. I'll say that. Yeah. Uh, it 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 uh, yeah. If it's one of those things where if you if you like poker, it's like a a homework. Like it's required watching. Mm-hmm. You have to watch Rounders if you yeah. like poker. Well, in uh, in you know uh, Brian Koppelman who wrote it is just I really. He's kind of like Aaron Sorkin light for me. I, I I just really dig the way he writes and the way he uh, has characters communicate. He also he's his thing right now is billions. I don't know if you've ever watched billions on Showtime. Billions but, is good. Uh, is that show still going? I thought it was over. No, it's still going. I mean, they had oh. the, they I think they aired like six episodes of their season that was interrupted. The production was interrupted by the pandemic, uh, mm-hmm. but they aired those six episodes and I think they're, they'll come back when they can. But He's just, he's very clever and he's almost like Aaron Sorkin if Sorkin was much more about pop culture references. Even though Sorkin definitely uses those, Koppelman like piles them on. And so he's, 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 uh, he's a lot of fun for me. So I, you know, yeah. I enjoy this movie and in, in many, many ways. Uh, yeah, are we right to our number ones? Is that where I we're at? I think we are. Well, I know what yours and is. Yeah, you do. One flew over the cuckoo's nest. Yep. Uh, whew. Crazy movie. And it's kind of uh, relevant now because I guess Ratchet is on uh, Netflix now. I haven't seen it. Right. But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, uh, I'd be interested to watch it because, A, I love Emma Thompson. And it's funny because Emma Thompson is playing a younger Nurse Ratchet, but she's older than the original actress who played Nurse Ratchet. Um, uh, yeah, there's so many things about this movie that deal with, like, I can't believe this is how we used to treat, you know, the mentally ill or, mm-hmm. uh, or how could you be so cold to another human being? Right. Or, you know, and the way that all the staff in this facility look at the, at the, uh, the patients, you know, as something other than human. Yeah. But then Jack Nicholson comes along and, uh, he, he humanizes them and he's punished for it, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's, a. Uh, it's a, it is one of the greatest movies of all time, easily. Um, I uh, I watched it late, like late. Uh, I only watched this like I don't know, maybe seven years ago, something like that, for the first time. And uh, it is powerful, and the Nicholson performance is absolutely incredible. Um, yeah. I will say I haven't heard great things about Ratchet. Um, I will also say I think you mean Sarah Paulson as opposed to Emma Thompson. Um, I, I said Emma Thompson. Yeah, I definitely meant Sarah Paulson. Emma Thompson. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so I haven't checked out Ratchet because I've, I've kind of been scared away from it from uh, by some people I trust uh, saying it's not all that great. But this movie is super powerful and super worth a watch. So deserving of your spot at number one. And I think I had it at number three. So there's yep. that. 
Um, so my number one yours? is ten Cloverfield Lane. Um, so oh, man. a little and over, just sneaky, sneaky, hidden right there after the CL and before the field. Uh, a lot of years that I didn't think of would have made it in my top five. This definitely would have. It probably man, be, do I love this it movie? It probably would be number two or number three for me. I, I like the original Cloverfield. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I enjoy that movie. I, I think you and it holds I are up. actually a minority on that one. I think so. I think a lot of people don't feel like it holds up uh, or didn't like it in the first place. I like it, um, but I love this movie. I think this movie oh, is so cut. well done. Um, it's obviously not really about Cloverfield. In fact, the only negative of the movie is kind of how forced the Cloverfield stuff feels at the end. Uh, I didn't mind it so much because they're putting it in that universe, and I get it. But the the Majority of this movie and what works about this movie is just the incredible claustrophobic performances from our three leads. And um, man, this is this is a good watch. So if you haven't checked yeah. out Tin Cloverfield Lane, uh, I highly recommend it. Maybe my favorite John Goodman performance ever. Um, oh, it is. It's it is so good. So yeah, it's right up there with the Oh Brother Where Art Thou. For as little as he's in that movie, he's so memorable. But uh, this is easily his best performance. Yep. And a lot of people will go, wait, what about the Big Lebowski? Why, 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 why don't you go ahead and watch Ten Cloverfield Lane? <laughs> you know? I, I do. I think this is better. I definitely think this is better. All right. We're going yeah. to uh, go into the chat to see some of your choices before we do our honorable mentions. Um, the movie Overboard was mentioned. Uh, Lollipop Shoes mentioning Overboard um, in the, the comments. Uh, let's see. What else? Um, lots of people agreeing with our assessment that Rex, Re Rescuers Down Under uh, is better than the original. So we are definitely not Smart people. in the minority on that. Uh, Sonic Screwdriver says, I have a love-hate relationship with Underworld. Can never decide if those movies are good. Um, so mentioning Underworld it's, as it's, well. The thing with Underworld is it's such a fun concept. It's very, you know, comic booky, But... I don't know if the execution works. Yeah. But it's it's a it's a fun world to think about. Yeah. Uh let's see. What else you got? Andrew, what are some of your honorable mentions? Uh I got three that weren't mentioned. I'll go Quigley Down Under. It's a fun movie. Okay. Gotta love some Selick and some uh some uh, Australian sharpshooting. It's mm -hmm. great. Uh <laughs> I know this movie's bad. I gotta say I know this movie's bad, but if you're ever in the mood for a bad uh, Steven Seagal movie, Under Siege Under is Siege, fun. Under Siege, yeah. Yeah, Under Siege is fun. And then a movie that is just so weird, I don't know if it's good or not, uh, but I watched it, and that's Under the Skin. Oh, yeah. I don't know if, I don't know if that movie's good or not. It's so, so weird. It's, it's one of the, it's like, yeah. If if Nicholas Winding Refn had a crazy dream, like a psychedelic dream, I think he would dream about Under the Skin. Yeah, it's it's definitely a tone poem, right? Like some of those some of these movies, yeah. movies like Under the Skin are they are uh, full of atmosphere, full of dread, full of mystery, and not necessarily full of narrative clarity. Yeah, um, no substance. But uh, I'm I'm not sure I would say no substance. I think there's something going on there. It's just it, the narrative is so loose and it's just it's hard to, to necessarily know what uh, is intended yeah. to be going on there. 100% an art house film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally agree. Yeah. Uh, Overlord, which came out recently, I thought was worth mentioning. Um, I oh, forgot about that movie. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, I dig Over the Hedge, the the cartoon Over the Hedge. Um, do you know that one, Andrew? You look like maybe you don't remember that one. It's a lot of fun. Don't. Uh, have to mention Over, over the, the Top for some uh, great arm wrestling action. Um, the Hangover, Bullets Over Broadway, um, Courage Under Fire, I think is worth mentioning. Ooh, that's a good one, Courage Under Fire. And then uh, Days of Thunder uh, might be another one to mention as oh, well. Oh, man. I love Tom Cruise, Davis the Thunder. Yeah. He drives he drives really, really fast. Tom Cruise just doing the Thunder movies. Tropic Thunder, Days yeah. of Thunder. It's all about the Thunder. That's, that's his jam. That is his jam. Uh, all right, Andrew. It is time for our buried treasure. What is that one thing in any area of pop culture you want to make sure people know about? I'm going to go with something on Netflix. I finally got around to seeing the live action version of death note which is based off of an anime it is a giant garbage fire it's horrible (laughs) you hated it so i am warning people stay away from that go instead and watch the anime that is based off of death note which is one of the greatest animes of all time so technically your buried treasure is not the netflix one it's the original yeah which you can still watch on netflix but uh yeah, definitely don't watch the movie. It is so bad. <laughs> it's it's shock. Why, it's impressively why is it so bad. bad. Now, see, I don't know anything about this property. So uh, help help yeah. a guy out. Like why why is this? Uh, why is the original worth watching, and why is the the new one so bad? I think the main thing for me is because with a series like this, so much happens in it that if you try and condense it into a movie, that you kind of Kind of like with, not in the same realm as with Rebecca, but trying to say so much, yet saying so little. Like, nothing is sticking. Nothing is landing. The performances are terrible in this. There's, and it's Lakeith Stanfield. I love Lakeith Stanfield. And uh, yeah, it's really bad. Uh, it's And I was really excited for Willem Dafoe. Uh, but uh, no, it's it's really bad. But the main premise for this uh, for this story is uh there are uh they're called shinigami which are japanese gods of death uh kind of like reapers and they have books that they write down a person's name in and as soon as they write down the person's name in it they die well one of the shinigami loses his books and a kid on earth picks up the book and now he realizes oh if i write down somebody's name in this i can kill whoever i want so he goes on a a rampage of like killing like pedophiles and murderers and stuff. And he's trying to justify these thousands and thousands of murders that he's doing, thinking that he is a God trying to uh, like, he was destined to be, you know, this great savior of humanity. And uh, the story goes into a, a really interesting, like a detective, like who's smarter, the detective or our main character. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's 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 definitely uh, crazy and it's dark. Obviously, it deals with murder constantly, but the cat and mouse game of this between our two leads is really really something to behold. It's really fun. Nice. Well, there you go. The original and anime it's short. Death There's note. only thirty seven, maybe forty episodes. Okay, and that's it. So you can watch it really quick. Okay. Fair enough. There you go. Uh, my buried treasure is um, 
not on Netflix. Uh, he is on Netflix. Yeah, Netflix. Man, it's just all Netflix. Uh, My Very Treasure is on Netflix, I believe. Uh, Queen's Gambit. Um, Man, I was really hoping we were going to talk about this next week, like a full discussion, but I forgot. Have you seen Josh it as Charles well? Is on. It's so good. It's so great. It's so it is. Good. It is one of the best limited series I've ever seen. Like it's. Yeah. I I'm so impressed with every element of this, especially the direction, especially the the shot selection, the things he's doing. Like I haven't been this impressed with the show's ability to uh, visually put me in a story so perfectly since whatever the last thing Vince Gilligan did. You know, whether it's Better Call Saul or you know Breaking Bad. You know, Vince definitely yeah. has that eye too. Um, but man, there's, there's a lot of incredible stuff going on here. Uh, Anna Taylor joy is, uh, great primo perfect, uh, as this chess player, just for a little bit of the plot, just, you know, um, in, in case you want to know, you're, you're dealing with a, uh, a girl who is, uh, orphaned and learns how to play chess and then kind of her story of how, she progresses through the chess world and it's kind of like searching for Bobby Fisher. I was about to say it's meets, very Bobby Fisher-esque. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, some sort of, I don't know. It's, it's really good. It doesn't have many great comparisons, but I love chess stuff to begin with. So it's already got that going mm-hmm. for it. I love chess movies, chess shows. And I will say, if you don't know much about chess, I still don't think you're going to be lost because as technical as this is about chess, you don't need to understand the technical aspects to get the story and get what's going on. Um, so don't I don't think you're going to be overwhelmed. I think you're I actually think you're going to feel very much in a real authentic world because it doesn't dumb it down either. It, it does a really no. incredible thing where it doesn't feel dumbed down and it doesn't feel overwhelming to somebody who you know uh, doesn't know, know the terminology. I didn't know some of this stuff. I don't know what the squares are called. You know, like I yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, that's the one thing. I play uh, chess maybe once a day on my phone, mm-hmm. and I couldn't tell you like a the kings four or something like right. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 There's there's plenty about chess I don't know. I know how the pieces move. Um, I don't know any of the, you know, opening strategies or mid game strategies or no. none of that stuff. Um and and yet the movie talks about all that stuff in a way that I was never lost. I, I you know, I felt like I understood what was going on. That's like that's a really fine line to walk to be able to not dumb something down, but at the same time uh not make it feel overwhelming. So and part of that has to do with the fact that the chess is just kind of the almost the backdrop to what we're really living here which is the story of this human life and kind of how she progresses as a young woman it's a really a coming of age kind of thing it's almost it's almost searching for bobby fisher meets uh you know um what was eighth grade or something you know what i mean like there's 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 just an element of a uh a, a coming of age movie kind of going on here but again it's a limited series i think there's seven episodes yeah something like that yeah seven episodes i guess a I guess a good analogy for me was the first time I watched uh, Crazy Rich Asians. At sure. the very end, they play Mahjong, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know how to play Mahjong, but it's the way that the characters are reacting to moves that tell me how the story is progressing, you know? The way this this uh, this mother and daughter in the movie, you know, uh, play against each other. It's not about the game itself. It's about what the game is representing. And it's the same thing here with Queen Sacrifice, you know? Uh, seeing everybody's uh, uh, reactions to this young girl, like you can tell just by the face, like 
They think she's a prodigy. They think that she is going to be one of the greatest of all time. And you can tell by her reactions that she just, uh, it's all calculations to her. And then there's the the darker underbelly of, you know, like uh, addiction and stuff like that that goes into the whole story. I think that this is a masterclass in how a performance can narrate a story without knowing how the pieces work. Uh, yeah. That's both literal and metaphorical. I haven't even mentioned my favorite part of uh, this limited series, and that is how every time the the show has the ability to fall into a tired TV show story trope, it doesn't. And I every single time wa- watching this <laughs> thing, it, it 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 will go to a place and like, oh, I know what happens here. Nope, it didn't, and it just. I just I was blown away by how authentic this storytelling was and how fresh it just felt to be just told a story that didn't fall into those same old tired, you know, oh, there's something nefarious going on with this guy or, you know, or, oh, she's found her romance and now she has a reason to play, you know, like none of that stuff is played like that at all in in fact, the, the the overall message in the in the final episode is really kind of a beautiful message. I haven't seen a lot of, especially dealing with a a, a central female character like this. So, I I just I'm extremely impressed. Uh, my wife and I binged it uh, in one day. Uh, we couldn't stop watching it. Oh yeah, it's, you can't stop. It's so good. It's it really is that good. Sorry to put your expectations way up high. It's just it really is a great show. Um, I think you're I think you'll love it. Honestly, I think, uh, it, yeah, we did put the expectations high, but I do think this is a show that's going to meet them, you know, to meet those expectations. Yeah. Kind of, uh, I know they're nowhere near in the same vein uh, tonally, but uh, Chernobyl, you know, another limited series that came along and, like, the praise for that was otherworldly, but it lived up to it. It's one of the greatest, uh, if not a lot of people consider it to be the greatest uh, miniseries ever. Uh, I think that this could be in that conversation too. I really do. Uh, you will you will laugh a lot more during the Queen's Gambit than than Chernobyl. Um, just just yeah. just this this is going to be a lot more fun. Than- hey, I, I I got a few good chuckles out of Chernobyl. There's we need to talk. There's some happy town frolics going on. We in need that. to talk, Andrew. We need to talk. Uh, well, that's gonna do it. Uh, we yeah, did it, man, we did it. Woo! Hey, before we get in, uh, before we finish this thing off, I just want to say somebody in the chat uh, very kindly pointed out that even though they aren't able to support as a Sif Pop member, because they have Amazon Prime, they have a free sub that they can do on Twitch that actually supports what we do. I'm not sure if you know this about Twitch, but subscriptions actually help the creators that you subscribe to. And when you have Amazon Prime, you get a free subscription. So if you've been thinking, man, I wish I could help them out, but I really don't have you know monthly uh, you know money to to give that way, um, that's an opportunity. Even if you're not on Twitch now, I, I know it takes a little bit more effort, but go make an account on. If you have Amazon Prime, just go make an account on Twitch. Uh, follow the channel. It's Twitch.tv/slash Aaron Dicer and subscribe, and because you get a free one with your uh, Amazon Prime subscription, and then you don't even have to. Yeah worry about it anymore but it helps us out so yeah there's a a free thing that you may already have that can really help us out so just wanted to throw that out there um so yeah and and a lot of our great conversation is happening on twitch right now so 
uh, it's re it's really kind of fun to to see all that going on. So we did it, man. We did another podcast. Yeah, Woo! Congratulations. I don't know how we keep doing it, man. I we don't do know it. either. Yeah. It's probably because you know Rebecca. It's because <laughs> of Rebecca. No, no, it's definitely not. Thanks so much for joining us today on Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about the other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out once again today. Thank you, buddy. Huge thanks to producer Phil for producing not only the audio show, but the video show as well. Thanks, Phil. Much love and gratitude to our Sif Pop members for giving monthly to make Sif Pop a real thing. Support starts at three bucks a month and you get access to all the bonus episodes as well as some other fun perks. You can find out more at patreon.com slash Pop. Lots of ways to connect with the podcast. Feel free to comment, rate, leave a review, whether at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Uh, you can also email us at feedback at sifpop.com if you have a question for us or something you want us to talk about. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the show too, so make sure you let them know about it and that listening is much easier than yelling no barriers and running through a wall. We will be back next week with a special guest, and we will be chatting On the Rocks and Wolf of Snow Hollow. And we will see you then. Bye. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.